Hey there, welcome back to another episode of Social Media Manager Confidential. If this is your first episode, hey, happy to have you here. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you're a punchy and you're coming back every single week, I want you to know that I appreciate you so much and I hope you're having an amazing week. Today, I got to sit down and chat with Carbrol Hart, who is a social media strategist helping online entrepreneurs grow their business. Car shares her experience of starting from scratch during the pandemic, losing her job, having a baby, and how that led her to explore Instagram and create reels. She's also now part of the Instagram creator class of 2023 as an in-house creator for Instagram. And we talk about how she refined her content strategy to focus on Instagram growth and coaching, how she was able to transition from one-on-one consulting to courses and a successful membership program. We also just talk about social media marketing in general and what her experience and my experience are like. And I think it's something that you're going to really resonate with. So here we go. Social media management is notorious for being high pressure, competitive, and changing literally every day, which is why it isn't surprising that most social media managers get burned out within the first two years. So how do you keep going? How do you stay up with the latest updates, protect your mental health, and build a successful social media management business that supports your lifestyle goals? Whether that's working from home with your kiddos or jet setting around the world, that's what this show is all about. Welcome to Social Media Manager Confidential. I'm Shantae Gorman, founder of a six-figure social media management agency and mentor to social media managers. And I'm here to dish on the ins and outs of the social media management world without any of the gatekeeping that can come along with it. You'll learn, you'll laugh, and you'll leave each episode inspired. Let's dive into today's episode. Everybody, welcome back. I am so excited. I'm here with Car Brewhart and I cannot wait. There's so many things she's been doing. I've seen her around the space for like many, many years, and now we're finally able to sit down and have a chat. And I just there's so many things that I can't wait to talk to you about. But hi, how are you? Hi, Shante. I'm so good. I just uh, got back from a walk at the market and I'm drinking a fresh juice. So that's super Ooh. cool. <laughs> I love that. Car's in Mexico City right now, right? Yeah. Love it. So tropical. Okay. So if you just want to kind of tell people a little bit, what is your current business setup like? I know you have a lot of different things going on. Yeah. So my main business right now is it's kind of like threefold. So one is my social department. So I've got a membership where I do group coaching with online entrepreneurs, any niche, any industry. We meet every Tuesday. And then I've got a coaching business as well, which is more long-term. So people usually sign up for one month or four months of one-to-one private coaching with me. And then I also have partnerships that result in income. And I most recently joined an agency in New York called Show Up Authentic, and I'm doing head of social strategy there. So that's super fun. It's a group of mostly moms women and we're just working to make the space more inclusive and bring more authenticity to social. Ah, I love that. I love that. What type of clients do you usually work with for your agency? For the agency, it's mostly kind of parent brands, uh, CPG brands, anyone that's a mom founder, 
we've got some really big clients as well, like big corporations, but primarily it is clients that have like a parent focus or a mom focus about themselves. Oh, I love that. That sounds like a lot of fun, especially like as a group of moms. I'm sure you guys are really good at it. It's very fun. (laughs) It's nice to actually be part of a team again, because I launched my business. It's now year three. And so I've been solo for a while. And I forgot that it's actually really nice to be part of a group and a team. I'm sure you see that as well with your own business. Yeah, it's nice. We we have our weekly meetings on Mondays. And it's fun because not we're not just talking about clients, but we're also just like, you know, talking about like my specialist just got a dog, like a puppy. And so, you know, we're, we're seeing her puppy and we're seeing photos and like telling each other stories. And it's just nice to have that camaraderie. You don't feel quite so alone. Absolutely. Yeah. So that kind of leads us into, so how did you get started? Wow. That's like, yeah. how did <laughs> I get started in social media or in my own kind of journey online? All of the above. Okay. <laughs> so in, I can't do years anymore. I'm like, I think it was 2014, a while ago. I moved to Berlin. I was a tax accountant living in Vancouver at the time. And I moved to be with my now husband to Berlin. And I gave up accounting. And I started just applying for all kinds of different roles. And I happened to land a role with the United Nations with the World Food Program arm specifically. And they were in a really interesting spot at the time because they were starting a startup, which was part of this innovation accelerator. And the product they were building was an app called Share the Meal. And I was brought on to do all of our social media. So not just Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, email marketing, celebrity partnerships, business development, PR. So like everything under the the roof you could like name, I was doing it. That's a lot. That's a lot of responsibilities. (laughs) Oh yeah. We basically lived there. We lived there. We would show up at like nine and leave at nine and then like go home and work in between like bites of food. It was amazing. And I was working with incredible minds, really innovative people, uh, former like BCG consultants and McKinsey consultants. So I learned really quickly how to be strategic, how to learn about, you know, omni-channel marketing, how to manage budgets, how to work without a budget. We had no budgets. And then that app went on to actually become the most successful charity app ever. Wow. And, you know, we won tons of awards as a team. We won a Webby. We won something at South by Southwest. And Facebook gave me an award for when I was managing our Facebook page as like a best practice page to follow. So that was like pretty fun back in the day. Wow, that's amazing. That was like honestly a dream role. And I then had to leave it because we moved to New York. And so my contract didn't really shift over. I didn't have a work permit for 10 months when I was in the US because I'm actually Canadian. And so I couldn't work. And that was like, Oh my God, it was so depressing living in like one of the most expensive cities in the world, not being able to work. And so what I ended up doing was I started a for fun Instagram page called House of Lugo because I'm Mexican and I started actually working with artisans and just doing like very, very small scale e-commerce. I created a Shopify and I started selling kind of home goods just through Instagram. So I grew that page to, you know, micro following, but was selling out my stuff. I was returning all the profits back to the communities. And from there, I started to attract some word of mouth clients that were just like, oh my gosh, can you do this for my Instagram? And like, oh, you worked at the UN? And I was like, oh yeah, cool. So I would like 
take on the occasional client charging nothing. I saw that you also used to charge like 375 bucks, right? So I used to do like $500 for all like done for you, everything, every channel. And I was like, this is amazing. (laughs) Right. We're like, people want to pay us to do this. Yeah. And um, around the same time, I finally got my work permit had kind of like a series of missteps along the way in terms of like career choices, aka taking the first offer that came my way because I was just like desperate to get into the workforce, getting bullied out of a role to the point that I got laid off. Oh, gosh. And then the pandemic hit when I was working in another kind of dreamy job for another startup that had offices in Berlin and New York. And I was heading social media and partnerships for them. It was a vitamin subscription company. And then two weeks before New York City shut down, I'm nine months pregnant and I lose my job. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Talk about stressful. Yeah. So it was like, oh, shoot. So another 10 months go by. I'm like, oh, I'm seeing a pattern here. 10 months. Another 10 months go by where I'm like doing the mat leave thing. I'm like trying to be a, a good mom and figure out what this new role means. My first kid. And along the same time, more people come to me for word of mouth. And Reels is just new, right? This is three years ago. So Reels has been around for like a few months. I'm scrolling it. I remember exactly where I was when I made the decision to start making Reels. I was in Whistler. It was Christmas and my daughter was crawling. And I did like a reel where she was crawling towards me and she happened to like do these like zigzags in her crawling. And so I was like, Ooh, I'm going to do like a myth busting reel where I put like the myths on the side that she crawls to one way. And then the truth on the other side at the time, it seemed like such a good idea. Now I'm like, it's cute. (laughs) It's very creative. But I would like never post my child, but that's how I got started. And I was seeing other people in the space, like talking about Instagram and growing on Instagram. And I was like, whoa, I really have like all this experience growing, you know, startups primarily, but essentially businesses from scratch. I have all this knowledge that I would love to share because I worked really closely on campaigns with Instagram and Facebook and all kinds of big companies at the UN. And so I just started creating reels and it just kind of went from there. I love that. And you have like such an interesting background where it's like you've done traveling, you've done different corporate things, and now you're kind of doing your own thing. Yeah. And it's just, you've had a really successful business. I mean, I've seen your reels all over the place. They always do really, really well. And now you have, you know, you have your coaching, you have your membership. Yeah, it's been a journey. And I feel like, it. you know, when you do these interviews, it's like you kind of focus on the highs and it's like so nice to talk about all the wins, but like it has been a slog. And I think that that, you know, you know, too, right? Like, yeah, not easy. And I think you have to be a certain person to be able to not just be your own boss or an entrepreneur or a small business owner, because I know some people don't like entrepreneur, but you also need to have, I think that discipline in order to show up consistently. And then you add in doing it in public as we do on social and then like, forget about it. Yeah. It's a lot. And I think like when you first get into the space and like doing it, it's really intimidating and it's really scary. And so we kind of like tiptoe into it. And then as you get more accustomed to it and like more comfortable, then you really are able to show up a little bit more consistently and like be more confident. And then it kind of goes from there. I shared a post 
earlier this week where it was like, these are my stories from like four years ago and they're like very awkward and like, I'm like looking all over the place and I'm just like mumbling and oh, I love that. you know, it's fun to look back and just kind of see the progression. I love that you, you talked about that because nobody starts knowing everything and like being confident in themselves and knowing what to do. Like we all start in a really shaky, weird space. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like weird is exactly how I would describe it. And I love that you did that. Like I actually had some like memories come up in stories and from two years ago, I think. And I was like, wow, I was so like insecure on camera and nervous. You could tell I wasn't like a hundred percent sure that I wanted to say what I was saying. And I was like trying to find my own voice, my own opinions. And, you know, I think part of that is also like you do get people that will clap back at you or disagree with you. And they can be even big accounts, well-established accounts. But I, I think that you just have to, you know, stick to your guns and be confident in who you are and the results that you get people. And then from there, it's all possible. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and like you said, we're, we're on the internet. Everyone has opinions. And it's very easy to share your opinions, whether you agree or disagree with someone. So you have to be able to kind of take it with a grain of salt and keep going. So that's, I think, something that you learn too, is figuring out that that becomes a part of, you know, being public on the internet too. Slide right in here and interrupt for just a moment to let you know that you are personally invited to join the Sugar Punch community for social media managers. Inside this community, social media managers like you come together to meet and support one another, get answers to burning questions, and build a thriving social media management business. It's 100% free, plus you'll get access to exclusive trainings and resources, be invited to special events, participate in fun challenges, get added to our social media manager directory, and more. Create your free account by going to community.sugarpunchmarketing.com. I'll link it in the show notes for you. See you inside. Now back to today's episode. So what is your favorite thing about social media marketing? Whoa, I don't think I've ever been asked this. <laughs> My favorite thing is the fact that I can do it from anywhere and it actually affords me the lifestyle that I've always dreamt of having. And it's more than I could have ever imagined working for a corporation. Same here. I love that. And it's like, there's a freedom to it where you get to decide where you want to be and what you want to do and when. And like, I mean, there's pros and cons to it. The pros are you get to experience all the things, but then the cons are like, you're the one making the decisions and like, you're the one in charge of like, Posting or staying consistent, making the money, doing the things like that. But yeah, I think that's why a lot of people even get into it is because they like that being able to control their lifestyle. Yeah. And I think I would also have to add, because for me, I came from the nonprofit kind of world and I always was searching for that next role where I could make a difference. You know, after like you're literally feeding children in need, like you are left with a bit of like, a, what's the point of anything if you're not, you know? So I was kind of in that hole for a while. And then I've realized, you know, very quickly as I started the business that I, I'm helping people in a different way. And so 
my life and the way I operate is like, I'm someone that comes from a place of service. I love to help people. And I'm just like this bleeding heart. Like my husband's like, you need to really work on your like emotions. Like we'll walk down the street and I'll see like a baby bird that's fallen out of a nest. And like, I'll, I'll cry for the rest of the day. And, like, I'll like do like a little funeral for it. Like I'll go and find sticks and quickly bit, like cover it. And he's like, yeah, this is out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> I would be right there with you, you know? (laughs) No, I think it's totally fine. I think it's very reasonable. Okay, what about the opposite of that? What is your least favorite thing about it? I think what we just talked about sort of is that you're doing it all in public. And as I get bigger, and not necessarily, I don't mean like follower size. I just mean like, as you get to be on more platforms, as you get invited to more speaking events, obviously you start to attract more of an audience or more people with opinion. And so for me, the most difficult part is like trying to reconcile why somebody would have any ill will or hate when one, they don't know me or two, maybe we've had like one interaction and then they just take an assumption of what they see on the internet and they don't take into account that like, this is my livelihood this is what I do to like feed my family. I'm the sole breadwinner at the moment, my family. So like that negativity that I have experienced, unfortunately, that's what I hate. And that's what makes me want to quit. Yeah, that is really tough. And I think it can really affect our mental health too, of just how we approach the business and how we show up and like just being able to unplug and like not stress and just Yeah, it takes a lot. Yeah, have you experienced that at all yourself? Yes. I mean, not to the level that you have. You've been in a lot more places than I have. But yeah, I mean, there's there's been comments and like DMs and things where it's like, why why would you say that? Like block, delete, and then, you know, try not to think about it, you know? But sometimes it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, I just need to take a break. Like this is too much. So yes. Totally, totally get that. And I think that's just kind of the con of the internet as well. It's just the more people get to know you, like the more they'll come out for you if, you know, they're feeling any type of way. So yeah, that's just one of those things, not to scare everyone away from, you know, showing up to just know that there are pros and cons. (laughs) So if there's anything you wish someone had told you before you got started, like on social or like in social media marketing, what would it be? I wish I had heard earlier to put my blinders up, to even mute other people in my industry, even if I follow them. For me, out of the gate, this is just my nature, is I tried to be friends with everybody. And I I became friends with everybody. And then later on, I realized that that was like not the best thing for my mental health or for me as like a competitive person it's I think really difficult to stay focused keep your eyes on what's important for you and also be creative when you're following so many people who are doing what you're doing even if it's in a friendly nature which was the case for me and is the case but that's something I wish I'd done sooner. I started putting my blinders up, meaning like I don't really follow a lot of people in my industry. The ones that I do follow, to be completely transparent, are mostly on mute. And I started doing that right after I had my baby boy, who's now 14 months. So just over a year ago, I started doing that. 
And to be honest, I have way less anxiety now. I make more money than I ever did. I have way more creative ideas. I have more partnerships coming to me. And I just think it's like all a product of stopping that comparison trap. Yeah. It's so debilitating. Do you find? Yes, definitely. Do you feel like it was like affecting your confidence or was it like like second guessing yourself or? No, I think, well, maybe it wasn't like a confidence thing because I know that I, I'm good at what I do, you know, like there's only one way of thinking about the way I think about things that <laughs> you're not going to get that anywhere else. Yeah. But no, it was more like I was wondering, you know, why wasn't I making 100K months, which is insane, right? If I own an agency, why am I going to be making 100K months? Like, anyway, so like stuff like that, or like, oh my gosh, this person got a, a partnership with whatever. Yeah. And I haven't had any partnership requests in, in three months. So it's like you start to create these like feelings of inadequacy or like that you're doing something wrong. Or for me as well, because I do have like hard stops on my screen time, you know, my kids are home from four o'clock onward, I'm off offline. But if there was like an update or anything that was like in the moment, and you know, how hot updates are in our industry, you know, as soon as that would happen, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I have to get on there and, and do my two cents. And I think something that the listeners might find helpful, regardless of their industry or niche is that even if it's breaking news, and you want to give your you know, opinion or add your two cents to something, it does not have to be the moment that news breaks. And it doesn't have to be the next day. It can continue to be something that you talk about and add your perspective on. And usually it's even better if you have time to think and like let everything, you know, happen. Yeah. Especially with updates. Cause like things are usually broken when they first <laughs> update. So then if you give it a few days to settle and like things are actually working properly, then you have a little bit more experience. But yeah, I think that's a really great point of like having that like solid boundary of when you're unplugged, you're unplugged and it's okay to step away and like not be the very first or one of the very first to do something. You can still be valuable and show up for your audience and have something important to say without, you know, being one of the first people. Yeah. So I also know that, so you were one of the first people on Instagram sharing trending audio every Tuesday, but you don't teach trends or share trending audio anymore. Do you want to tell us a little about that? Yeah, that's so funny because yeah, when trending audio first was like a thing with the arrow pointing up and we were really seeing reels like explode, you don't see that as often anymore, I don't find, you know? Mm -hmm. Like if you had a trending audio, you would guarantee have 10,000 views within the first like hour. And now it's it's definitely difficult, I would say. And so I feel that posting things that have a hook personally, and I'm not judging anyone that does this, it's just personally, when I was doing these like clickbaity hooks, which I feel sometimes like this sound is blowing up is a bit of a clickbaity hook. I was growing like wildfire. So this isn't like me. This is actually me saying like, I stopped doing that and it hurt my following because those followers weren't always the people that were my target audience. They were not high ticket clients and they weren't necessarily buying from me or engaging. And so I stopped doing that. And I just also have noticed, especially because I do group coaching now with big cohorts of people, that a lot of people use trending audio as a crutch. And they just use trending audio. 
And then the second I push them out of their comfort zone and get them to stop using trending audio is when we start to see results. And so, yeah, it's not to like go against people that are posting trending audio. I posted a carousel today telling you how to find the most recent hottest tracks on Instagram in the last three days, because it's a new feature in the app, which I think is super valuable, save people time scrolling. But that's why I don't post trending audio anymore. Yeah, I think that makes sense too, because that follows the strategy of obviously you want your followers to be the people who are going to buy from you or your client if you're a social media manager. It's great. Like it feels nice to have a bunch of followers like coming in, but if they're not doing anything and they're like not the ones who are going to purchase from you, then it's kind of a waste. Yeah. Yeah. I think that makes complete sense. How am I showing up and showing how different I am by posting a trending audio? So it just for where I'm at in my business, it doesn't make sense for me to be doing that. I want to do more like authority and thought leadership and actually like using my brain. But I think it's like, you know, if, if it works for you, if you like posting the trending audios, do it. Like I'm not not hating on anybody that does it. It's just not part of my strategy. Yes. Yes. You've pivoted. You've changed your goals. And so you've adjusted your strategy to match. Yeah. I love it. Where can people find you? Oh my gosh, like everywhere apparently. (laughs) Reds now, I can't keep up. Like my thumbs hurt. (laughs) So Reds, Instagram, uh, I'm on TikTok. I am slowly building a YouTube channel and soon, hopefully there will actually be a podcast. Oh, exciting. I can't wait to listen to it. I will link all of your places down below so everybody can find you in the show notes. But thank you so much for coming on. It was great chatting with you. Thank you, Shonda. It was so fun. I feel like we could keep talking and I have questions for you too. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe for your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Awesome. Okay. Thanks so much. Thank you. Pretty sure I found my new best friend. Definitely go give Car a follow. I have all of her links in the show notes for you so that you can find her. Let her know that you heard her on the podcast and I sent you her way. And if you have any friends who are social media managers, share the link to this episode with them and help them out. And if you're not already following this podcast, make sure you hit the follow button or the plus button in Apple Podcasts. You can get brand new episodes delivered straight to your podcast app every Friday. Thank you so much for listening. I'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Learn more about my digital template shop, online courses, and mentorship program by going to my website at sugarpunchmarketing.com. And while you're there, make sure you join my safe, supportive community created exclusively for social media managers. It's 100% free to join and packed with really amazing resources, trainings, and people. See you next time.